0: Let's hear some of that movie chat, credits roll by, and I tip my hat, credits roll by, I want to know more right away, let's have some of that movie chat, credits roll by, tell me who did that, life in the credits is where I want to play.
1: Welcome to Life in the Credits. This is the show where we learn about entertainment by chatting with people who work in the industry. I'm Susan.
2: And I'm Ben. And today we're talking about the TV show, The Queen's Gambit.
1: And joining us today is our special guest, Tom Kramer. So welcome, Tom. Hey,
2: Tom. So can you get us started by talking us a little bit about what you do in the entertainment world? Basically, uh, my, my main
0: gig is a music editor. And as that, music editors usually will start on the project after it's been shot. Um, or, or as it's finishing shooting. And a uh, director will generally on a feature film get about 10 weeks to get their edit together to show preview audiences or studio, whoever. And I'll come on you know, shortly after that 10 weeks begins usually and start placing temporary music from other films and start picking songs that may make it to the final film that may not. So I'm sort of working with the director or or whoever's in charge or or just doing it on my own. I've done it so long that I'll do my first pass and then I'm usually pretty close, you know? So you're doing that and then while that's going on, then a composer's been hired and you start working with the composer who will write original music to replace all that temporary music right that put in so then while that's going on then you're involved in the process of preparing for recording with an orchestra or if it's bands or whoever whoever it's coming from getting it through the recording process and, and the sk- mixing of the score process and then it's all handed to me to lay in for the final mix which would bring in the sound effects editors and the dialogue editors and and the mixers um but the picture is still usually changing okay.
1: and especially right. especially
0: the effects these days right those come in, those come in so late and mess everything up <laughs> <laughs> the famous line from the VFX editors is don't worry the length won't change you know? <laughs> and uh, it pretty much is never true but uh anyway so it's kind of my job to put the square pegs in the round holes okay after after that to try and maintain the original thought of the music Okay.
2: Interesting.
1: Yeah. Can you tell us about your background? Yeah, I
0: mean, I I kind of was playing in bands as as a a kid, teenager, you know, into college a bit. And um, then was studying film composition. Oh, cool. Okay. Also, when a friend of mine was a PA, production assistant on some some show. And this woman named Elsa Blankstead offered him a job and he said, I don't want it, but I think I know somebody who might. <laughs> and, um, and that was my, my door in <laughs> besides kind of being a mentor for a short time, became a friend. She was, I was in my early twenties when I started and wow. it was in her mid sixties when I met her. So she recently died a couple of years ago at, at oh. 99, um, but wow. became, became an adopted grandmother and all that stuff, but just had had the most interesting life of anyone I met. Be New Yorker, actually, did a, like a 20 page article on her. Um, wow, seeing Hitler speak at the Olympics, uh, you know, emigrating to the U.S., becoming a nanny for Jack Warner of Warner Brothers, geez, being an ingenue and in Cecil B. DeMille films, and 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 joke at at a, at a lifetime achievement award that she ended up in music editing because she she married a picture editor and uh seemed like the music editors took the longest lunch <laughs> <laughs> <as> <laughs> ever into music editing. so um anyway so yeah so i was very i was lucky also that you know i when i started i'm just you know an apprentice moving boxes you know learning learning what to do and, yeah. uh, but it was on a-level films you know it was where it was on Spielberg films or right. this kind of thing so i also bought you i also took the job um because as i'm studying film composition and that was a hopeful goal at the time figured like okay let me let me watch the pros make their mistakes yeah right you know, so i can see a john williams or, a, or whoever you know mm-hmm. see how they screw up you know <laughs> and, uh, and 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 learn from that so yeah. it deviated so uh that, that never i still get to on certain projects do a little bit of composing but okay awesome. the day gig is, is, is music editing yeah. okay
2: very cool so what kind of projects have you worked on I've worked on about
0: 140. Yeah, now. you have a long That's list. It's a huge list, hundred <laughs> um, page. You know, started. It's funny because I even was I was friends you who brought their friends, were like in their 20s, and they, they they asked the same thing, and I just pull out my phone and let them scroll. Yeah. And yeah, uh, it's just. But, but always seems to be like one that like everyone goes, oh wow, you know what I mean? Which was like what yeah. very first thing I was I was probably an assistant, I'm sure, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, Like I said, recently, I've worked anywhere from really independent little films to, you know, Avengers, Infinity Wars or whatever. Done a few musicals, which are fun and different. And, you know, once I recently in August, I think it was on uh, September, was had to go to the set for some production playback of of a kid having to sing. um, So it was um, I hadn't done been on set in like 15 years or something. (laughs) Oh, wow. It reminds me why I like post production, but yeah. uh, but, but, it is, but it is fun. It is it's it's fun to get a taste
2: of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. right. Uh, and then
1: yeah,
2: in the process. So you fill in music from other movies just so that people can sort of get an idea of what the movie might feel like, right? Where does that come from? Is that from the director? or Do you just? It can depend. A lot
0: of times these days, it's really me. You're also kind of setting a tone for the or trying right. to find a musical voice. Yeah, that will help. it. I mean, I will ask the director if they have any. You know, I worked on a movie called Ladder Forty Nine with Joaquin Phoenix yeah. and John Travolta. Right, and the director originally wanted it to be an EDM score. Oh wow, you know, kind, of, kind of whole techno thing. And it's like, great, let's try it. And yeah, and temping is the the word I'm using for they call it temp music. It's for temporary. Okay. So when we're temping a film, it's a cheap way to experiment. Right, if you can just like. Put that stuff up, and oh, that works, or that doesn't, you know. And this, we tried the techno stuff; it didn't work at all, and and it ended up being like an Irish orchestral score. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, but it's right. a it's a really inexpensive way to experiment, and it also what it what the temp process does is gives the composer at least one version of what works for the director or, or mm-hmm. works a, a good enough degree, maybe right. Anyway. But it's also uh, a little bit of a double-edged sword because uh, directors develop temp love. Oh, no. <laughs> it's that uh, can infect. And because they'll live with the temp music sometimes for a year or more. Right. Wow. And and then all of a sudden they get new stuff and it's it can be hard for them to just accept something new. And yeah. And sometimes composers are forced to, we always joke in the, the ed, Motion Picture Sound Editing Awards that there should be a category final score most resembling the temp. <laughs> but I, I never, unless I know the story, I don't blame the composer because it, it could either be a composer being lazy and just knocking off the temp. Yeah. Or or a lot of times it's the director saying, yeah. can you make it more like the temp? Can you make it more like the temp? And, you know, finally version nine is pretty much, you know, you're about to get sued. <laughs> I don't cast stones unless, I, unless yeah. I, I know the story. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah,
1: that's got to be really hard because depending on how long the process takes, you're right. They could have been listening to that music with those clips for a year. And then they're used to I it. don't know if
0: you remember the, the original animated Mulan. Yeah. Uh, Mulan. Yeah. There's a pivotal scene where she cuts her hair and decides yes. to join the army. That that was originally edited to a certain piece of music. The picture uh-huh. was edited to this certain piece of music. And that one took about four years. Wow. Uh, animated features take three to four years. Yeah. yeah. And, um, so, About two years into the process, the directors came to me and said, can you find something else? Because we just want to know in another two years that we can accept something new from Jerry Goldsmith as the (laughs) final version. So they at least were aware, you know, and wanted to at least prove to
2: themselves they could like something else yeah
1: right <laughs> <laughs> kept themselves from getting too comfortable <laughs> right yeah
2: that's interesting how does it work then so of course we have the original score which a composer writes and then you you edit how does it work then if you're actually using a popular song
0: I don't know that it's really any different okay. any, you know you're just trying to edit the song to fit the scene as best it can to hit whatever moments. Gotcha. Hey, the course, It's on the course, It's on the couple kissing for the first time. Yeah. Whatever. You know, right. or something, or or a change in the scene, or something like that. And sometimes, you know, you have some latitude. Sometimes with the picture editors to
1: okay.
0: give you a hand. To, hey, can you add a few frames here, or uh, you know, or take away here to to make it work better? And they're you know, for the most part, usually okay. A common you, you don't have to ask very often, but but it can happen.
1: So, are you ever working side by side with the picture editors, or is it more like they do their thing and yours is totally separate? No, you're. De- I
0: mean, the, the best projects, yeah. like I said, with the, the even I'll just bring the Queen's Gambit because it's mm-hmm. that group. Uh, we've done probably four or five projects together, and that okay. group is really family. Okay. Uh, in the sense that even work, you know, even outside of work, you know, yeah. in the sense that it's very collaborative okay you know and and they'll give early things and ask hey we're going to be doing this but we know it needs to be to a certain tempo or kind of thing or can you can you give us a rough cut of the music before we cut the scene you know kind of stuff but uh, no it's best when you have very direct continual communication going you know
2: as necessary okay as you said the uh the special effects you know takes a long time and it is complicated and then of course Um, It'll change the film depending on how long you know their shots take and stuff like that. Does that mean that your music touches are kind of one of the last things that happens on a film? It generally more affects
0: the sound effects guys. Oh, okay. Because they might have a scene where it's all these. Fake bullet ricochets or something. Yeah, and now now they're happening in a different spot. (laughs) Yeah, you know, now now they're all out of sync or that. I mean, for music, it's kind of just a global. Okay. The VFX are generally like like annoying or small things on the music side generally, but 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 for the effects people, it it can be a headache. Yeah, interesting.
1: You've had a long career and you've worked on a lot of different stuff. How have you noticed music editing changing?
0: When I started, it was on thirty-five millimeter. Yeah. And and in that sense, I was thinking about it this morning that mm-hmm. your jobs were really delineated by the technology in a sense. And okay. their, their pre-computer, you know, use on this stuff was just the film. And so we would cut the film, show up at the stage, and the mixer would mix the film. Yeah. You know? <laughs> now, with the technology, everybody can kind of do everybody else's job okay. to free in that, like, for certain projects now i try to get the near final sound effects and dialogue and then mix the music myself okay against against it so it shows up playable and you know sometimes 90% of the mixer's work is done for yeah. them and plus okay. i've i've been living with it forever i've been a yeah. director yeah. and the composer and i know what it should sound like and hey, if that guitar note's peeking out or or not, I can adjust. If if this melody's getting lost because of these effects we're putting in, I can boost that melody to try and maintain the original intent versus in my mind handing it off to a mixer who they're kind of hearing it for the first time. Right. Or or, or You know, I I don't want to short sell them because there are great ones also. But it's just Mm -hmm. I've lived with it longer. Yeah, you know it really well. I can show it
2: up. Then and and nothing I'm doing is precious. It's just a great place to start. Mm -hmm. Can you explain the difference between what a music editor does and what a mixer does?
0: Yeah, well, like I said, sometimes they're blurred a little (laughs) blurry. but the we're we're actually different unions. Even Um, that the the mixers are on most projects. You end up at some sort of theater that's basically hollowed out with a big mixing board. And Mm -hmm. those are the people that are actually moving the faders.
1: Okay.
0: And they're, they're combining, you know, you, it used to be, you'd have in in the West coast, you'd have three, you'd have a separate mixer each for dialogue music and effects. So three guys, you know, and uh, New York is generally a single mixer. Now it's kind of both sides are more kind of a two and two, for the most part, there's still some single mixers doing it, but so their, their job is to just mix it all together. But like I said, now with the technology, you know, they can say, Hey, you know, that, let me, let me edit that, that you know, let me, let me move that thing, you know, and, and then right. you will. So there's definitely a blurring of, of the lines, you know, yeah. and then hopefully it's just respecting each other's work and, yeah. and oh, totally. you know trying trying to respect each other's lane or, or you know I'll have usually have the mixer say, Hey, what if we did this? Is that okay? You know what I mean? Kind of thing. Yeah. I'm still the representative of the score. For me, music editors were, you're kind of serving two masters. You know, <laughs> the director is your main, as one of my composers says, we're a service industry. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're just there to help the director realize their vision, whatever yeah. that. Is, you know. And so you know, we obviously want to maintain our integrity and the music's integrity as best we can, you know, mm-hmm. and usually we do. OK,
1: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think it sounded pretty good so far. So in that same vein, can you break down the the hierarchy of the music department? Because I know you've worked as obviously music editor, supervising music editor, assistant music editor. So could you kind of break down the difference? Yeah. There's, between... um... Or if there is one. Yeah, yeah. there's not a lot. Okay.
0: Really. I'm really not into credits and yeah, right. so yeah. I don't put yeah. a whole lot of weight on it. But yeah. Um, yeah, right. if, if, yeah, if you've been on a show and there's, you know, four or five music editors, which is uh-huh. usually, usually there's one, maybe yeah. yeah, a Michael Mann movie, sometimes you have nine. but yeah. uh, <laughs> So, you know, in that case, and if there's a, an obvious... Hierarchy, you know, yeah. within that project. Right. And fine, you know, I've, I don't even, have I been supervising? I don't even know if I've ever given myself that credit or not. I, I, it was I, on your IMDB. I page I don't, I don't know.
1: Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it sounds like it doesn't, it doesn't really, for, for
0: me, it, yeah. you know, it, it's, <laughs> You know, the mortgage company doesn't care. You right. know? I mean, you get somebody who's definitely running the ship on okay. a project. I've definitely been on shows where I'm just an extra pair of hands. Okay. You know, sometimes it's mm-hmm. like, and, right. and sometimes that's fun because, okay, somebody else has all the risk. Yeah, yeah, pressure's just, off. Just tell yeah. me what to do. I'm just here to, <laughs> yeah. you know, whatever. And so when you ask what's changed, yeah. the role for assistants and apprentices definitely has. Because okay. there used to be in film days, there were definitely duties that fell to you know, assistants or or, or something like that. Now everybody needs to know the technology. So generally Pro Tools is what most people are using. Um, But, you know, an assistant needs to know Pro Tools. Yeah. yeah, And and in which case, then they're now editing. Yeah. Right. Getting into the music side is tough. As I said, there really aren't that many things. And the union's just starting now uh, some apprenticeship program where you can hire someone who's not in the union for like a month or two and then get them in if okay choose to keep them and um we're doing one of those it, it's literally just started we we sort of helped bring it to fruition
2: a little bit at, at Marvel. oh cool how do you get jobs i mean is there an audition process or do you have like no, a real no, no. Work? i think I, I think once in my career i
0: had to do what they basically call it a bake-off you know where where, where I think they sent it out to five people. Okay, I see. Michael Bay animated, kind of like hamster movie or something. (laughs) Um, Five of us took a shot at it. You know, I didn't get that one, but I'm really fortunate, or or music editors can be fortunate that working comes from a lot of different directions. Okay. Okay, you can be tied in with a director. You know, and the director, anytime they're getting a gig, they're calling you and saying, yeah. Hey, I'm starting something in December, leave it open, yeah, you know, whatever. Or yeah. Uh, you come from directors, producers, you know, tied in with composers. So every time the composer gets a gig, you're getting dragged along. Sound effects editors, um, post production supervisors, picture editors, uh, okay. other music editors. It, it's generally word.
1: Okay. Yeah. Wow. And that makes sense. Like once you do get in, I mean, just those connections you made people we've noticed people tend to want to work. Once they find someone they like, they want to keep working with that person.
0: Yeah. Also the the inverse is sort of true. Also, uh, I've worked with a a composer or two where you're going to be working with them for the first time. So you look at their IMDb page and you can see who, what music are they music editor they had on, on their shows. And if it's changing every show, yeah, <laughs> you realize it's probably not the music editor. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, yeah, you read
1: and between the lines on so, that. One.
0: Yeah, exactly. So that that can, that happens too. Mm-hmm. Interesting.
1: Is there much of a difference when you're editing for like a TV show versus a film?
0: Generally with TV, you have less time. Yeah. Right. Um, and and it's it can be frustrating. Um, I, I prefer the, the feature side of things just because you, you do get the time to try and make things as perfect as you can. Yeah. TV, right. TV, TV you oftentimes just run out of time and it's like, yeah. it, it's good enough. <laughs> yeah. right, and then we get the next episode. You know, right. And, yeah. And, and, and so it, it's a little creatively frustrating to sometimes mm. have to let something go that no one else is going to notice, but you know, it's not as good. Yeah. As totally. Yeah. it's, it's I'm not a perfectionist, but
2: I try to get close. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Well,
2: that's what you want to hear out of your editors, right? (laughs) Yes. Excellent. So, Tom, what's it like to win an Emmy? More fun than losing. Yeah. I've done that too. Um,
0: (laughs) Which is funny because, like I said, I predominantly did most of my career in feature films. There is no category for music editing. And honestly... Oh, that's crazy. um, Well, but... There really shouldn't be. Yeah. There shouldn't be even with the enemies. Yeah. I mean, in my I'm probably a heretic to, to my <laughs> my fellow people, but if we do our job right, nobody knows. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, if we do it wrong, there's a bump in the music or mm-hmm. or something, you know, or something happens, you know. But and so how do you judge? You know, you yeah, have the merit system for every edit you you, you hear, you know, you, you yeah. whoever has the least number of edits heard wins. But um, <laughs> so I think. The way the Emmy process works is they they just sort of lump in the music person with best sound. So it could really have nothing to do with each other. Mm -hmm. You know, the the one caveat I feel like makes mine have some credibility is that, like I talked before about pre-mixing all the music. And so that when we won for best sound, I had a hand in shaping the yeah, sound you know so which which the music editor generally might not okay. so, but that's that's my little justification but yeah um, but um um yeah it's very subjective and yeah it, like I said, it's, it's more fun to win it's a great party it's yeah it's nice. my my I, I joke my manager and i have a, a joking custody battle going on with the statue itself <laughs> uh, because i think it means more to her than it does to me and uh, i was temporarily living with her when i was between places and just moved out so so it, it's with her now and uh, at some <laughs> point i'll probably have to try and borrow it
1: yeah <laughs> see if you can get it for like a weekend or
0: something but, but it's it's a night it, you know it's it's hollywood just patting themselves on the back oh and, right yeah and, yeah um, yeah and but like I said, it's a nice party. That mm-hmm. that night was fun because Gambit took so many. Yeah, you know,
1: tons. And it was,
0: and they break the Emmys up into several nights, mm-hmm. uh, especially with kind of COVID happening. Yeah. Um, so there were different event. I don't know if ours might have been first, but okay. At at our at our awards, I think we got like seven wins or something. Yeah. But we were the last group to actually be presented. And we're oh. thinking like, don't break the streak! Don't break the streak!"
1: <laughs> yeah. That's, <laughs> that's a lot of that. pressure.
0: <laughs> that was a special show. And it, it felt like mm-hmm. every department really did amazing work. Yeah. You
1: know? Yeah.
0: So it was just, it was just kind of a special show. And, and plus it was, I mean, it was a very good, in my mind, a very good show, mm-hmm. but, it all, and it, but it also definitely benefited from the COVID
2: timing. Yeah. So it was just kind of a, perfect store right is there a kind of project that you prefer working on for instance like a type of movie that you love to do the scores for or to edit the scores for me for? it's really kind of story driven I'm I'm
0: doing I I, I sort of joke with people that my day job is at Marvel and, um, <laughs> it's and not I'm not really either. a fanboy I mean I can say great that Marvel's great about giving young new people opportunities oh. and about oh. diversity hiring and you know, they they pay well and mm-hmm. all that stuff. I'm just not a fan of the content. Sure, so, sure. You know what I mean. So that's that's just me. And I'm super grateful for all the fanboys they are for yeah. all the jobs they create. Yeah, or yeah. That are created with that interest. I would much. It was funny because I when I was working at Disney on the lot at one point, I had to, to you go use the restrooms. I had to walk through searchlights through searchlights. Oh yeah, always. And those are more the films, yeah. okay. That, you know, a, a little Miss Sunshine, a little this, yeah. or what, what? Just for me, it's story driven.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, if it's four old women sitting in a nursing home t- telling their amazing stories, yeah, I'm there. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that's you know, or yeah, I guess just I, I'm not a big sci-fi mm-hmm. person, but if it's an interesting story, I guess for really, that's, yeah, that's all. cool. And kind of, then you're just trying to elevate it with music,
1: right? So have you had any jobs that were particularly challenging or is there a challenge in your career that you weren't expecting?
0: One that was definitely have to uh, dig deep for your chops was, uh, was a movie <laughs> called Fallen um, with Denzel Washington. Yeah. And John Goodman. But uh, the composer was a Chinese classical composer named Tan Dunn. And basically it kind of worked out to where we just recorded a lot of times, mostly just wild called stems, different instrument tracks, or whatever. Okay. And then it was just kind of up to me to create a score out of all that. Oh wow! So so that was a very you know labor intensive and yeah, and creative. And that's what's fun with. There's different levels kind of of music editors, and and, and a, a lot have musical training and back. There's a lot mm-hmm. of musicians among my peers. There's mm-hmm. different levels of skill set that come with each individual, but it's fun when you get to either maybe for, for me getting, like I said, with the Gambit people or you yeah. know, I will get to do some composing because basically I, I raised that composer from a puppy. Yeah. You know, and he, he, when we've done a couple of these, but, you know, he yeah. me as his diaper changer. And, uh, <laughs> so on, on some projects I'll get to produce the score. Okay. I'm, you know, I'll, I'll doing some additional writing. Um, and just wearing a few more hats. Yeah. And then on Gambit, there was one scene, I don't know if you saw it or not, but uh, yeah. the main character is up partying all night in Paris yeah. before mm-hmm. a big match, shows up late, ends up losing. And the director originally just wanted to use a clock ticking as the, that's that's the only sound. It's just oh, wow. clock ticking for two, three minutes. And I watched it and it just felt like a lot of real estate to cover with a clock. You yeah. Know? yeah. So I just started kind of pulling the same thing from Carlos Rivera was in composer and game, just pulling different stems of, Hey, okay. the, the bass track from this, a synth track from this, or this, or that, or whatever, and scored that thing. And then also did all the, there's a moment where right before she makes her decision, all the clock just becomes weird and in her head and people yeah. duplicated and crazy. And so I did that and did the sound design work on that. and that's basically what's in the picture and the composer had nothing to do with it
1: okay wow. it great, great wow.
0: great so doing those creative things are what's fulfilling for me on some yeah. projects they don't need any yeah they, they, they don't need that help yeah mm-hmm. right. and there was a, a a animated movie called over the hedge yep yeah that um, in its early stage it's all these little animals waking up from the winter and hybrid you know spring's coming and and the director said you know i want to create the beatles song good day sunshine using only natural sounds wow and yeah whatever so it took me about three weeks but um you know you said i can use bird singing to badger farts to whatever you know, <laughs> um, you know whatever i want to do yeah. this so it did about you know took about three weeks and i have to you know like the 3d set of birds of guatemala you know and then you're yeah. doing this and then all this crazy stuff and doing so it's that's to me the most fun. It's just, it's when you get to be creative. Yeah. A lot of times it's just problem solving and yeah. it's half, maybe half technical, half creative or whatever, but mm-hmm. I find more joy in where you feel like you're making a contribution versus yeah just getting it past the finish line. Yeah, Yeah. Totally.
1: Kind of inversely, do you have any moments that are, like, a favorite moment? Or, like, I can't believe this is what I get to do for a living?
0: Um, <laughs> sure, you have a bunch. But, like, during the 110-hour weeks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Where's the bright um, spot? No, one, one of the – it won't happen for most music editors, and it's probably once-in-a-career thing for me. is They did a live version of Fantasia 2000. Yeah. Cool. He did, and so – I was sort of the liaison between the technical people and the conductor. All that was performed with a live orchestra. We're on our own, you know, 737 or something, traveling with the orchestra from, we premiered at Carnegie Hall, then Prince Albert Hall, then somewhere in Paris, somewhere in Tokyo. Oh my gosh. And and then back in LA for New Year's of the millennial change. (sighs) So that was kind of a special, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so so that was fun.
2: So Tom, we got one more question for you before we move on and talk about Queen's Gambit specifically. Um, And that is what advice do you have for people who are interested in getting either into music editing or the music world of film or just film world in general? Yeah,
0: I I was thinking
2: about this and I've got an assistant who's
0: been with me about two, almost two years now. And um, I I use the advice that, you know, she took upon herself, which was to just, just reach out. Yeah, mm-hmm. she just cold emailed me, you know, and and we just talked, and I'm 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 happy. I find a lot of my colleagues and people in general are happy to talk. Yeah, I mean, I know I've been in facilities, or it might be a lot of interns around or PAS, and if they've got nothing to do, it's like my doors open, and if yeah. you want to know anything about what I'm doing or or talk about, it, you just come on in, or if I can. Get them, allow them to visit a scoring stage or a mixing stage or something like that. I mean, you know, it, it costs me nothing. You know, yeah. whatever, it's, and it just gives them a, a, an opportunity. So I'm, I'm always happy. And, and same, same thing for any, anyone listening now. If you know they want to reach out, I'm happy to do what I can.
2: Greetings, movie watchers of every kind. This is Bo and Brittany and Ian from the Movie Cinema Film Club. Every week, we take turns choosing a film to watch, dissect, discuss, destroy, and delight in, and we invite you to join us in the wild banter.
1: We're not your typical critics. In fact, we aren't critics at all. But we dive into all types of cinema, whether it be blockbusters, art house, foreign, B-movies, classics or the bullshit that Ian likes, and we jump into it all with a drink in hand and some hot takes from our very different perspectives.
2: Very funny, Britt. We even throw in some trivia in games and games in as well. Plus, we have an ongoing list of what we've watched, how we rated them, that we're willing to share with you so you'll know what's great, what's good, and what's garbage. If you like movies, cinema, film, or clubs, we got you covered. That's Movie Cinema, Film, Club, and it's available everywhere you listen to podcasts. let's get to our featured film today we're discussing the 2020 series the queen's gambit it was created by scott frank and alan scott and it stars anya taylor joy chloe peary and bill cam it won 11 emmys including the emmy for outstanding sound editing for a limited or anthology series movie or special so susan can you use a quick breakdown what's this series about
1: uh, yeah, so it follows the life of Beth Harmon. She became an orphan at nine when her mother died in a car accident. Um, and she discovers while she's at the orphanage uh, that she's very good at chess. She's actually just really smart in general. I think. So chess just happens to be one of the things she excels at, but she ends up playing with the janitor. And then we just see her career unfold. So she gets, she's also very fearless, especially in the beginning of the movie in terms of asking to play chess she's like i'm just going to show up at this tournament and do it we also see her relationship with her mom unfold or her adopted her, she does get adopted i don't remember she says she's 13 but i don't remember what age she i think she was is. actually 15, yeah I think. but um we do right, see her yeah. in her relationship with her adopted mother unfold um which is also really interesting but yeah just follows her journey as a very successful chess player and kind of the downfalls she faces as well just as she develops in her career so we want to talk about it deeper, but also especially the s- sound editing and the music editing, given that you worked on the series.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, Tom, yeah. Uh, it's pretty obvious why you chose this, <laughs> but um, what would you like to say about it? I oh, already said a lot. Um, yeah,
0: sorry. It, it holds a special place also, because like I said, that crew is, is family. Yeah. You know, it felt like every department kind of just shined. Uh, yeah. And so when, when it all comes together from every, mm-hmm. you know, costuming to this, yeah. Time, writing to you know directing and editing and all those that it's it's just nice when it's on something good because sometimes you're you know if it, I've, I've i've been i've been at a party with other music editors and we play one downsmanship so, so like <laughs> I worked on that. Oh, yeah, I worked on that, you know, you, you, keep, you keep, you know, you know, that's funny. Um, so, um, and if you look at my, if you scroll down my IMDb page, you will see plenty of, uh, you know, uh, plenty of ammunition for that game. Yeah. So it's, it's nice when all those things come together on something that's also good.
1: Yeah. yeah. The music and the, the sound editing really important because when you think about just, unless you're very into chess, when you think about just lots of footage of people playing chess, it might not sound exciting to some people kind of like same with footage of someone typing at a computer, it's like, I don't know if a lot of people are going to want to watch that, but that's,
0: that's what I, I asked the director. I yeah. told him, you know, and I've been doing this forever. Um, yeah. When we started, you know, I, I said, Scott, this is Scott Frank, the director. I said, Scott, this is the first time I'm kind of nervous Yeah. going into a project because the last one we did together was a western so you got <laughs> oh battles, you got horses you got all right. this stuff yeah. you know and it's like music's gonna have to carry a lot yeah you know, a lot of weight here you know mm-hmm. and, and i just i was slightly anxious to you yeah. know of how seeing how this would go and but carlos the composer um who used to be scott frank's guitar teacher wow. before wow. he was ever before he was ever a composer that's what i mean that's why i've raised I've yeah. place, you know from from not knowing anything but I mean new music but right but, yeah and uh but no he just Carl and Carlos and I have a great relationship where we just love to give each other crap. Yeah. You know we, we <laughs> sort of we sort of live live for that with each other and uh and there's a there's there's one eight minute piece of music in the film and um he would send me the stuff and then I would audition it for the director and said it and i'm listening to it and uh i, I called him up ab- afterwards and i just said carlos uh i really hate to admit it but that's a great piece of music <laughs> you know, kind of thing. and um so uh no he just he just knocked it out of the park mm-hmm. yeah
1: never a moment where i'm like man i wish this game would hurry up it's like i'm in very invested in where all these pieces are moving and I don't play chess. So that's not coming from a place where I know what's going on. Right.
2: (laughs) I mean, I do enjoy chess. And when she's either playing it or thinking about it it, it, is fascinating. And it's a credit to the special effects team and the music team for making it so riveting to watch, you know, someone think through these things and also translate it for people like Susan who don't play chess. Yeah. The, the acting, the costuming, the production, um, editing, all of it are just top-notch mm-hmm. in the show. Yeah. And it, you really fall in love with the character, especially since you know she's dealing also with addiction issues. That yeah, she, and also
1: just growing up, she's a teenager when she starts. And right. she's dealing with being known on a world scale, but also being a teenager and doing all the things teenagers do. And screwing right. up the way teenagers screw up. like. Sure. Such a higher stakes version of being in high school
0: <laughs>
2: right? and beyond. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's great to, you know, I mean, of course, you know, Anna Taylor joy is, is a great actress and she just kills it in this mm-hmm. part, but all the supporting actors do as well. They all yeah. it's a wonderful cast and they all play off each other so well that you really feel for these characters and want them. You really want her right. to succeed. Right. Yeah so how much music are you given for a series like this because you know obviously there's several episodes will they score each one separately or do they do like one master track how does that work we really just treat it like a feature okay yeah
0: in a sense it's yeah kind of one long feature in a sense in in our process yeah it depends on how much music's needed yeah my my philosophy is always if it doesn't need any music don't put me in you know Mm But yeah, another thing we do with those projects, so they kind of call it a rolling mix, where it was smart, Wiley staven was a sound effects supervisor on these projects, and basically set us all up with the same speaker setup. So the picture editor, the sound editor, and me all had the same sound systems. Oh, great. So anytime the director's walking in between rooms, he's hearing you know this the same thing wow yeah um, uh, and then we would constantly we, we were always constantly working towards the final sound so it wasn't and, and and also on scott's projects there is no temp there is no temp track i oh, it, okay. it, only carlos writing so carlos will, will write you know some cues then kind of send me stems or, or I'll start writing a little bit ahead as well if, you know, once he's established themes. Okay. Then I'll try and place the music in other areas for Carlos really just as a, okay, just proof of concept of like, okay, this idea kind of works for this scene or and maybe give him a few choices sometimes to yeah. just, if he's thinking about something, well, he can already see that it worked or it didn't work you know, before trying whatever he's going to, or, or, or going with it. If it, if something, you know, if if you can reuse, reuse a queue somewhere else and not feel like it's, you know, it's not coming too soon after it's replaced, you know, it's duplicating, then, you know, you just saved, save some time and money, Mm -hmm. you know, as far as you don't have to record it again. You don't, you know, right, right. you have to write it again. Yeah. (laughs) So, so there's, that's called tracking, but yeah. So we, Definitely, that's used in really any project. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if it if it you know if it works, it works. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, how long was the process for making Queen's Gambit?
0: Me, um, when was it? Probably about nine months, I guess. Okay. So, and that's also when like COVID lockdown happened, and right, yeah, everybody had to figure out how do we do this from home. <laughs> right. Th- thankfully, it was all shot.
1: Oh, that's good. Before, yeah. Oh my gosh. You know. Yeah. Before,
0: that happened so i think it was finished shooting in like in november december Mm -hmm. or the march lockdowns
2: so we were benefited from that as well yeah yeah very fortunate yeah Yeah. when you're working on a project is there like you ever get a feeling like oh i think this is going to be a huge hit oh and i'm wrong many times yeah no i am definitely would not last as a studio
0: executive uh, (laughs) or or venture capital venture capitalist in the film industry it's hard because you you put you work so hard on stuff yeah you know and sometimes it can be for a year or more you know Mm -hmm. and maybe a little project that isn't so good you just want to hope it's better than it is you know and then box office reality kind of puts you back in your place sometimes but right, uh, right. you know and it's, and once in a while it's the other way too you know yeah. just some, some little thing that goes and you know that's even like gam but nobody you know some little orphan drug addict playing chess yeah, how exciting definitely. does that sound you know uh-huh. right right so,
2: so you never know well first of all the music in this series is incredible you guys did a great job yeah, yeah seriously thank you for all your work on, on the, on the series, you know, it's been on one of those things that's been on our list to watch for like, since it came out. Right. Everyone just loved it. Mm-hmm. And we've been yeah. so busy. And now this actually forces to watch it and it was just okay. delightful. So thank you for yeah. all your work. Tom. Oh, sure. Yeah. we like to finish up our show today with a game that we're calling movie games. We're going to see how well both of you know games in movies. So Tom and Susan, you'll be playing as a team. So here are the rules. I've given both of you a list of films that are based on a game or feature a scene with characters playing a game. You will take turns describing the film's characters, plots, and even quotes to each other as quickly as you can, but you cannot use the name of the movie. So you will have one minute to get your partner to guess as many as possible, and if you get five correct then Tom will win our prize. And Susan, what's our prize? Some
1: Life in the Credits merchandise, like a shirt or a mug or something like that.
2: <laughs> All right. So, Tom, are you ready to play? I am. All right. Susan, are you ready? Ready. All right, Tom, you've chosen to give clues first. So as soon as you give your first clue, I will start your time. Okay. Okay. Child Wizard. Harry Potter. Correct. One point.
1: Um, Yoda. Obi-Wan Kenobi.
0: Star Wars. Yeah. Two points. Okay. professor plum with a knife in the dining room clue three points
1: uh this is based around a board game where a whole bunch of animals are unleashed and one of the actors starts to turn into a monkey oh god the rock is at night, the-
0: night at the museum night at the museum
1: no it's a board game um, that they find it's uh like a really old wooden one they open it up and they start playing it and as they play more and more they, they pass get- okay these are mutants one of them has like knives that come out of his hand.
0: X-Men? Yes, Yes, four points. Oh, that was one of mine. Um,
1: Oh.
0: uh, Okay. Um, Prison movie. Um,
1: Shawshank Redemption. Yes, All right.
0: Wow, nice.
1: (laughs) Um, This movie is from the 80s. Um, It involves people at an Arctic research, research station and this kind of monster infiltrates, but they can't tell who's been infected and who hasn't.
2: It's okay. You guys actually, that was time. You actually already got five. Oh, we So did? You, you did win. Oh, I thought we got four. Oh, okay. okay, I you thought are- we were stuck on four, okay.
1: Well, The Thing, uh, the thing was the one, the Arctic Research Research oh, okay. Station. It's really hard to describe The Thing without using the name of the, the title.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm terrible with, I mean. I'm,
1: oh, no, don't worry. I, I'm, I am I'm, I'm
0: terrible rem- I'm, can't remember remembering what I have for breakfast. Oh, t- no, Tom, I'm it doesn't totally matter because
2: you guys won. Yeah. Congratulations. There we, there we go, all right. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Well, Tom, before we let you go, is there anything that you would like to plug? I mean, i am just finishing up a Netflix
0: film called Chupa. Okay. So, cool. sort of like an ET like story. Oh, cool. Of, uh, Chupacabra and a little Mexican-American kid and uh, stuff and uh So that's uh that's a nice it's a nice film.
1: Nice. That sounds yeah. nice.
0: great when's that come out?
1: I don't know. Okay
0: whenever netflix decides they yeah we'll do, keep an uh, eye out for it <laughs> fantastic <laughs> the well, same thanks. same composer carlos uh, oh, nice. oh awesome and stuff so did a nice job
1: very cool we'll keep an eye out for it then excellent um, all right
0: well, well thanks for joining yeah, us today yeah this today, was Todd. really great thank you it was, it was a pleasure and uh, and like i said if anybody reaches out then i'm happy to pass along whatever little little wisdom i might have to uh someone else if i can give them a hand
1: life in the credits is hosted and produced by me susan Swarner,
2: and me ben bloom
1: it's executive produced by michelle levin
2: the music is written and performed by steve trowbridge you can hear more of steve's music at dot
1: the show logo is created by melissa durkin
2: if you'd like to support life in the credits and get access to exclusive perks you can do so at patreon.com
1: if you'd like to follow or get a hold of us you can find us on facebook and instagram at life in the credits or shoot us an email at life in the at gmail.com thanks for listening
2: So, Tom, what's it like to win an Emmy? More fun than losing. Yeah. (laughs)